0: The word today is from Psalm 36, verses 5 through 10. Hear the word Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains, your judgments are like the great deep. You save humans and animals alike, O Lord. How precious is your steadfast love, O God! All people may take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. Thanks be to God. Our second scripture lesson this morning comes from the Apostle Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth. Let us listen for God's word. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were enticed and led astray to idols that could not speak. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, Let Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discernment of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same Spirit who allots to each one individually, just as the Spirit chooses. The word of the Lord. Be God. Let us pray. Oh, Holy God, open our hearts and our minds and by your Holy Spirit activate within us the gifts that you have given to us. May your words touch that deep inside that once again brings forth hope and the desire for your love to be shared, and your love to be known by us in our own hearts and by our nation, our communities, our church, and our world. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I learned to sew sitting next to my grandmother and great-grandmother. They taught me how to thread a needle, use a thimble, make neat lines of stitches, tie knots, and so on buttons. They had not sewn a quilt for many years. Mostly, they sewed to mend rips and tears. To secure a hem, or stitch the satin trim back on an edge of a blanket. They put things back together. This Martin Luther King Jr. and Inauguration Sunday calls us to reflect on the legacy of Dr. King and the future of our nation and the role of faith. We like the image of a beautiful quilt as a metaphor for America with all the various faiths and cultures and backgrounds and ethnicities all sewn together into a vibrant, brilliant, beautiful whole. And yet, that beautiful quilt that is America is torn and coming apart at the seams. I am tempted this morning to say that we are a segregated nation, no longer segregated only by race. And although we have come a long way, we are not yet a post-racial America. But today I want to speak about the fears that divide us. We move in different circles. We watch different television shows. We have our different heroes. We watch Fox News or MSNBC. We're fans of Bill O'Reilly or Jon Stewart. We are separated red and blue gun enthusiast, gun control advocate anti-abortion, pro-choice, opponents of gay marriage, supporters of gay marriage. And although there are no true dichotomies, and there are many, many nuances to any position or decision or stand, We live in a time of anxiety and fear that sees only in high contrast, unable to distinguish the many gradients of gray. It takes courage these days to seek common ground, to compromise or even have true dialogue. For when we compromise or have true and honest dialogue, too often These are seen as weakness, or even as betrayal. As a nation, we have forgotten how to sew. We are very good at ripping apart, making cutting remarks, poking holes, and shredding our opponents. And the holes get larger, and the tears and the rips get longer and harder to fix. But we do want the tares mended, and we do want the wholeness and the beauty. We are tired of nation leaders refusing to come together and work for the common good. We know that a tattered nation is a weak nation, and it will be harder to recover from economic woes or debt crises or security issues For all of the challenges that nations face, we know that a tattered humanity is a weak humanity and that we need a strong humanity to meet the global challenges of terrorism and poverty, injustice and climate change. As people of faith who follow the ways of Jesus Christ, we are called to strive for wholeness and healing. We are to model it in our own lives, our lives together as a church, and we do this. We weep with those who weep. We laugh with those who laugh. When one suffers, we all suffer together. We look to each other for strength and for encouragement. We pray for each other. We support each other. We eat together. We play cards together. Here we have a place where we belong, and we are bound together in the love of God. We seek to be what Martin Luther King Jr. called the beloved community. It was King's vision and version of the kingdom of God characterized by unity and the recognition that all people are connected and that our individual well-being is inextricably linked with the well-being of all people. We are one. In the beloved community, we seek to love one another as Christ has loved us with that overflowing love that does not distinct, that does not make distinctions about being worthy or unworthy, being sinner or righteous, thinking like we do or thinking opposite of what we think. In his book *Mandate to Difference*, Walter Brueggemann writes that we might think Christian faith is about getting the moral issues right and leveraging others to think and act the way we do. But that is not faith. That is about anxiety and maintaining control, says Brueggemann. The Christian faith is about healing. Healing, injustice, reconciliation, and peace. The church has not always modeled this faith well. We have a long track record of getting it wrong. And therefore, we have a great many teachings about how to get it right. In our passage today from Paul's letter to the church in Corinth, Paul pleads with them for unity. The church is split into factions. Some say, I follow Paul. Some say, I follow Apollos. And some say, I follow Christ. They are divided. They're divided over what food to eat and how to worship and who should have sex. Does that sound familiar? Their spiritual gifts have become fuel for the fight. Patience, kindness, knowledge. Which one is better than the other? Wisdom is better than healing, preaching less valuable than teaching. They are like children fighting under the Christmas tree over whose gift is best. And Paul says to them, enough. This is what you need to know. Everyone who claims Christ, everyone who claims love as the ultimate purpose in their lives, over wealth or status, even getting it right. Everyone who claims allegiance to love receives a gift from God for that love, and no one is excluded. One spirit, one Lord, one God. Different gift. And today we might imagine God as a seamstress opening up her sewing kit and passing out to the church red thread, green thread, purple thread, heavy coat thread for buttons, cotton thread, silk thread, nylon, rayon, polyester. And the one purpose of all the thread that we are given is to sew together a beautiful tapestry of humanity of kindness and love and justice and peace, each of us given a thread, given a gift for the common good. Quoting Dr. King, we must all learn to live together as brothers or we will all perish together as fools. We are tied together in the single garment of destiny, caught in the inescapable network of our mutuality. At my husband's former church on Long Island, there were two men, one named Guido Augustini, who I know, and there is a Guido Augustini, and Robert Watford, who were members of his church and indeed elders. Now, Guido was of Italian heritage and a school teacher. Robert was an African American engineer for Northrop Grumman. They were at a session meeting one night when the conversation they were considering was a motion to take a stand against the Vietnam War. And this was a heated debate. The church was not of one mind. And Guido and Robert became particularly upset over the issue and the motion, and there were strong words said in anger. It got tough. The two men left immediately after the meeting ended. A few elders stayed to speak with the pastor, Bill Brown, but Bill was concerned about Guido and Robert and how they had left so angry. And so he shooed the elders away and he said that he had to go. He, he made his way to the parking lot hoping that Guido and Robert were not still at it back there in the church parking lot where so many session meetings get continued. (laughs) And so he looked out the window to the church parking lot and there were Guido and Robert still going at it. And he ran out to urge the men to calm down, only to find that Guido and Guido and Robert were making plans for their ski trip that next weekend. They were friends. They disagreed with each other greatly. And they were friends. We used to hear about that more. Relationships such as these give us hope, hope that we can be honest about what we believe and who we are and what we really think. We can be honest about the nuances in our thoughts and our stands and be honest that we have our own unique stories that have shaped our lives and our convictions and our aspirations. We have our own Fears and hopes. And we are more than our convictions or our aspirations or our hopes and dreams and fears. We are children of God, uniquely gifted and greatly loved. Quoting King again, we cannot rest until we have bridged the divides of mistrust that lie within the human head and heart we have so much mistrust so much fear we must learn to sow again we must talk to each other we must have the conversations about where we were born and raised. We must do the careful listening to seek to understand another's point of view. We must share our stories, not just here, although we still have many stories to share with one another, but with friends. And we must demand it of our leaders that they know one another not just their stand on a particular bill or issue for knowing each other the conversation, the stories these are the stitches that will mend us like so many before King and after him he came to the conclusion that the only answer to a torn and divided humanity, the only healing for our fear, is love, not a quaint or trite love, but the courageous love of vulnerability, Love is creative and redemptive, says King. Love builds up and unites. The aftermath of fight fire with fire is bitterness and chaos. The aftermath of love is reconciliation and the creation of the beloved community. As people of faith, we must pick up the threads given to us by God's Spirit, We must begin to stitch the fabric of our nation back together again. And more so, we must remember that God created us one. God created us good. God created us as one whole complete humanity in all of its wonderful diversity. It is we who have made the rips and the tears. God longs for us to be whole again. God works through us for wholeness. By the Holy Spirit, God has given each of us gifts to be employed for the common good. So today, let us recognize the gifts that we have been given. Let us thank God for the opportunity to work for wholeness. Let us pick up the needle and thread and begin to mend the fabric of our nation, the fabric, the garment of our one humanity. Amen.